You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red as we break the emergency podcast glass for a second episode of the week in honour of Nottingham Forest finally, finally by looking at landing Morgan, Morgan Gibbs-White, their top transfer target for much of the summer. Uh, John Percy and David Ornstein, two uh, respected journalists of course, are reporting that Forest have agreed a fee for uh, Gibbs-White with Wolves. So I'll just read out the details out in a minute after I introduce my guests to discuss it all with me. Michael Temple, Temps, how are you? Yeah, good. John Percy's become like a regional Fabrizio Romano, hasn't he? As soon as he tweets, it feels definitive and you get excited, as do I. Well, he'll be a yeah, Fabrizio Romano when he gets a million burner accounts that just literally copy and paste it. I've blocked so many of them this this summer. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's too many. But you are right. So uh, if if John says it, it's happening. I don't know anything. I think my colleague Sarah Clapson's uh, been writing about it as well. Now the news is broken. So uh, good news, interesting news. And we'll uh, talk about that and we'll get on to the Everton game a little bit as we go along. So uh, I'll just read out the details of the fee as reported. It's uh, £25 million up front, 7 to £10 million in likely add-ons, another £7.5 million or so in ambitious ones. I don't know what that means. I mean, does he have to win Love Island, you know, complete football manager? I'm not sure to actually make that happen. But if that all comes off, it would be about £42.5 million. That is a lot of money, Temps. How do you feel about it? When you break it down, do you feel a bit more comfortable with the, with the initial sums or, you, or alarm bells going off for you? Well, you almost want to pay the add-ons, don't you? Because that means he's had a great season. If they're related to goals, assists, final league position, let's say an ambitious add-on is you know, a European place or whatever, then Forrest is savvy enough to, to know that that the, the deal is, is is justified. So I had a good little ding-dong the other day with Fletch talking about not wanting Forrest to become the, the Bank of England club, which is what Sir Alex used to call Sunderland. Anytime he needed to offload someone or John O'Shea or whatever, he just knew they'd pay the best price. But that's not what we're doing. We're not reacting to players that are being offered to every club. This, this lad was top of our list, top of Steve Cooper's list. So I think that the fee is entirely justified because more than just being a signing of a lad we've courted for a long time and causes a lot of problems last year. This is back into Steve Cooper and affirmation that the plans he's laid down are being backed. And yeah, a bit of pressure now as well, right? He's He's got the boy he wanted. He's going to integrate him into a, into a system. And I've got absolute faith that uh, he'll get the best out of him. Yeah, you make a good point about Cooper. And I think, that, you know, people have conjecture about who's actually signing, who's wanting these players to, to get Cooper's target, and it's obviously been so long, obvious for so long that this is the player Cooper wanted. Uh, it makes me feel a lot, lot better, and hopefully, hopefully, it means he signs that contract as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think it does, doesn't it? This is a, a signal um, to Steve Cooper that he's that he's loved and that he's got the backing of the ownership in the same way he's got the backing of the the fans. So massive from that perspective. He'll also know his character. We've, we've spoken about Morgan Gibbs-White for so long, haven't we? I feel like a, a lot of what's been said has already been said. But the intel we were getting from the club weeks ago, Matt, was that Forrest were going to do whatever it takes to land Morgan Gibbs-White. They were going to pay the asking price that had been quoted. And when all those moves were afoot with the agents that hover around Wolves in particular to, to bring in his replacement, it just seemed like a bit of a... A PR move, didn't it? They weren't going to let him go until those uh, th- those incoming players sign on the dotted line, and now they have. Here he comes. So yeah, long time in the making. 
good signing for Forest. And beyond the eleven now, I'm sure we're going to have a nice little debate about the the, the the team for Everton and beyond. But you can see real depth forming, and it's getting to the point where we've got players that can make an impact from the bench, which perhaps on on Saturday was lacking relative to what what some of the other teams in this league can do. So really excited from that that point of view as well. I was trying to think of some comparable deals to try and bring some kind of context to the fee. And I sent you a couple in, in the WhatsApp before we started. I think James Madison is one. He's valued at around, say, 60 million by Leicester. 18 goals, 12 assists in 53 games last season. Fantastic return. Brennan Johnson, we saw last January, almost went to Brentford. Or obviously, they bid for him for around 18 million. That was in the Championship. And obviously, he went on and had a brilliant second half of the season. Don't know if the Johnson one has too much context, but does the Madison one add context of what you have to pay these days to get a player of well, we'll give Dwight's hopeful standing? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't sign Madison because he's in a different phase of his career. He's established in the Premier League and he's he's looking at different clubs who have probably got a more credible claim to finish in top eight. So where we want to be in five windows time is in that position when we can mix it for those players. But you have to evolve the squad. You have to go through a period of time of signing the players that, that are going to consolidate a Premier League position, elevate the Premier League position and, and ultimately knock on the door of the the, the, the top 10, um, top eight. And that's big ambition. That is massive ambition. But regardless of his stats, Madison's not the answer at this point in time because there's other suitors who are in, in a better position right now. Whereas Morgan Gibbs-White, still has to prove himself in the Premier League. But he was quite dominant in the Championship, certainly caused us problems. And, and I think with the age that he's at and the age profile of all the players that we've signed, hopefully we're getting to a point now where future windows will be a bit calmer and we're just replacing two or three members of the squad with, with quality rather than these enforced wholesale changes that we've made in this window. So there will be comparisons to other players who are being touted for different fees. I think my argument last week that if the fee became unpalatable, we should um, look at plan B and plan C remains relevant in every deal that we try to do. But ultimately, I'm pleased that Morgan Gibbs-White's landed. I think he's the right profile of player for us. He's got a point to prove. We've got a point to prove. And we look like a good match for each other. Yes, you mentioned signing sprees and all that kind of stuff. So a little uh, tip of the hat here to Mikey's nephew, Jake, who pointed out Forest window this time five years ago. This time five years ago, 2017, Forest signed in the summer. Uh, Daryl Murphy for about two million from Newcastle. Liam Bridcut, Jason Cummings, Tendai Dariqua, Barry Mackay, Joe Lolly, Figueredo, Colback, Stefanos Capino, Ben Watson, Adlen Gradiora, Andreas Boutilakis, Kieran Dow, Liam Bossin, and I think Lee Tomlin. And that is a long list with a very mixed bag uh, of results there. I mean, it shows the number of signings for Forest isn't necessarily anything new, but the volume and the quality, it just shows we're in, we're in a different world now, aren't we? And the third thing I've added to that is the age profile. So you're signing guys who are generally under 26, in some cases a lot younger. And at some point in their contract, they're going to be a saleable asset. They're either going to improve and add value or they're going to become surplus requirements and it's going to be easier to ship them out for a, for a fee. And I think that's really savvy recruitment and that's a, a big part of what Dane is becoming known for and has been known for elsewhere in addition to the rest of the, the, the football department there. So, yeah, we are shopping in a different supermarket, which we, we seem to have, have said on a, on a weekly basis. 
but lining those two windows up side by side five years apart you can you can see the difference in in quality and the difference in the profile of the player that's arriving and the knowledge we already have of of, of what they're what they're capable of so Forest have come an awful long way during the period in which um, they've been under Greek ownership and the ambition shown in this window and, and, and I have to say I think the structure of the signings the quality of the age profile the balance of the squad um, points to a, a really good plan being in place. What, uh, well, a couple of questions really. What do we need to see from Gibbs White to justify the fee? And then what's Forrest's best attacking lineup now? With the players we've got at hand, we'll come on to future transfers a little bit in a minute, but what's the best front three or however you think they line up now? And what does Gibbs White need to deliver this season? So his, the success of his transfer will be viewed in, in goals and assists. Simple as that. I think that from an attacking attacking midfielder, you want to see production and output. And that's that's all that means in his role. We're not going to count his tackles and his headers. He's in that got in, in that in that position to make life easier for the strikers and to chip in with with goals himself as he did last year. I'm really struggling to pick a best eleven. And I think we're at a point here where there is going to be an element of rotation and tinkering week to week whereas this stage last year we're probably debating between selecting three of those four players in centre mid I'm looking down in front of me already and I'm thinking Mangala or Freuler how do we juxtapose Lingard and um, and, and Gibbs White are we going to stick with two up top Dennis Awani Johnson competing for that Surridge perhaps losing a few, losing a few minutes I think it's really really tough to pick a team at the minute but that's how it has to be because the games are going to come thick and fast. We're going to have injuries. We've seen that on the left side at the minute. If I was picking a team for the weekend, Matt, I'd probably start with Awani and Johnson with Lingard in behind. But I want to get Freuler in there. I wonder if he he might perhaps come in for, for Mangala. I don't know. I think it would be tough to start Dennis, but I think he gets a significant amount of minutes off the bench. I think the back three remains unchanged. The wide boys probably remain unchanged. But yeah, you you can see Steve Cooper already having a selection headache, which is just a a brilliant thing in week three after a victory over West Ham. What do do you think? Well, I think think you go with the same starting 11 in in isolation because you beat West Ham. I think the players who played there played really well and deserve another game. I think the good thing is what we were saying about depth, really. And I said this on Monday's podcast, you know, no disrespect to players like Mighton, Hammond, Taylor, Cafu, people like that. Good good squad players at, at championship level, and some of them have potential to be good Premier League players. But now when you look at the bench and Co- or Cooper looks at the bench, potentially on Saturday, he's going to see Freuler, Coyate, Emmanuel Dennis, Surridge, and, you know, those players can change a game. And I think that's why Forrest have gone for these players. In the longer term, I'm not sure. Um, possibly Johnson in certain games, just for his pace as one up front with Gibbs, White and Lingard behind them. You can play Awani as the more physical presence. At least they've got options now. And I think that's the big thing that was lacking. I suppose that leads us on to... Where do, where do we end now in terms of recruitment? I've seen it tweeted out that that ends in the Omope interest. And I don't know about this Hassem Awar interest 
no one in the English media has picked up on it. I'd not heard anything about it, but French media was going wild with it. Do Forest have to stop now? Have they got enough? Or do you want to see our war come? What do you think? Yeah, I do, because I've been seduced by YouTube videos over the last three days of, of what he does at his, at his best. And my reading of the situation is that Forrest can afford to do the deal, and it's up to him to decide if he can bear, if you like, potentially having a scrap in the bottom third, you know, lower, lower mid-table portion of the Premier League. Whereas I'm looking at this through a slightly different lens now, and I've already, I've already had some of my mates um, texting me asking about FFP and the like. There's no uh, inclination, thought process, planning at Forest for what if we go down. It's not happening. We're signing these players to establish what we think other safe, secure, mid-table teams have in the Premier League in terms of quality and depth. And I think that's a huge shift in mindset that the spending and the quality has certainly surpassed what I thought would happen in this in, in this window. And you can only register 25 players, notwithstanding the um, allowances that are made for younger members of the squad. And some of the key Forest players will be exempt from that 25, which is which is handy, obviously. I would be excited to see um, Hussam Awar, if that's how we're pronouncing it, signed from Leon. I think he's another X-factor player. He's another bit of quality that you could start or inject late in the game if you needed to make a change. Game 11, as we did against West Ham at the weekend, then the players we could inject include Froiler, Coyette, Yates, Dennis, Morgan Gibbs-White, Surridge, Mighton. Their impact changes. They're people you can throw on if you're 1-0 down. There's people you can throw on if you're 1-0 up or want to try and uh, contain the game. So we're getting towards the end of the activity now. I don't think we're done. I think we'll see one or two more. I'd be excited about Uar. I don't necessarily think we need him. Yeah, I'm a bit torn on, on that one. Like, he's obviously very good. I think your point about a potential scrap in the bottom third would worry me. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe you'd be better saving the money for January because there has to be a ceiling, like you say, with FFP. I don't know what, where Forrest are at with it, to be, to be honest. Obviously, we don't see the books. I don't know. French players, like I was trying to think of French players attacking mids who come over. They're a bit hit and miss, aren't they? Like Laurent Robert was really good, but then Hatem Benarfa was so hot and cold. I think, like with Gibbs White, I know it's a lot of money, but you know, I think we know a bit more about what we're going to get from him, and Cooper knows a lot more about what we're going to get from him. So if I was sat here right now, I would probably say stop until January. But then if we're in big trouble in December, we'll be saying, well, we should have signed someone else in January. So it's a difficult one, isn't it? But at least they're going for it. Are you quite comfortable not going in for Mopay now then? Yeah, I think so. Um, as, as I said, the, 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 the two up top worked, worked on uh, at the weekend and the, the combination of power and pace between Awani and, and, and Johnson is a, a pretty typical blend. But there will be games when we play one up front and particularly if we're trying to accommodate Lingard and Gibbs White in the same team, there'll be times when we play two in the two in the slot behind the behind the lone striker. So if we've got Dennis, Awani and Johnson competing for two places 75% of the time and one place 25% of the time, then I I think that the more pay signing is 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 unwarranted. 
Um, I feel bad for players that have done really well for us and haven't been there for a particularly long period of time and now just find themselves sliding down the pecking order a, a, a bit. And Surridge might be a victim of that. And I, I love Sam Surridge. I think he's been one of the most impactful signings of the last few years. But you struggle to see him starting a game in the, in the company that he's, that, he's, that he's in now. And I really hope he can still have a role to play and force himself into, into the reckoning because some of the moments he's produced in the last six or seven months have been of, of, of real quality. But the pressure he's facing now for his for his place is is, is immense, and I hope he hope he can rise to it. Yeah, I agree. I hope they can find room for him on the bench still. I, I know he's not going to be a prolific scorer, but he is a good finisher. And if a chance falls for him with ten minutes to go, I still back him to take it. So I, yeah, I agree about that. A fly has just landed on my teacup and like a tour of the rim. So now I can't drink that. That's really annoying. I'm in this tiny room, so I can't even swat it away. Um, what else was going to say? Do they need anywhere strengthening anywhere else now? Do you think the only position I could think of potentially is left back, where they've obviously gone in for a few players? Toffolo did really well against West Ham. Uh, does that end that debate, or would you still like to see one more come in? Because Rich is going to be out for a while, I think. Yeah, Toffolo much improved, wasn't he? Uh, I think he, he he's probably seen off uh, competition from Colback for that early season covering that position. He's definitely the the boy getting the first chance, assisted the goal extremely well. And just looked looked a bit more composed. The one the one thing that um, bothered me a little bit at the weekend was how easy their wide players were able to get at our fullbacks. So there wasn't a wide press from the midfield. It was quite a narrow, condensed, you know, industrious, busy midfield. Um, but Cresswell overlapping Ben Rama or Ben Rama carrying the ball himself uh, was able to, to to get to the fullback with, without any real pressure. And I, I just wondered if we could do a little bit more to, to protect the fullbacks who seemed a bit more isolated than they would have been against championship opposition. But Toffolo made a good account of himself. I expect to see him in there again at the uh, at, at the weekend. Um, I, I don't know how far Omar Richards is away, but clearly the plan is to get him rehabilitated in the back of the side as soon as we can. But Toffolo has proved a few doubters wrong after a wobbly start against Newcastle. And yeah, fair play to him for that. It was important that he, he sprung back and he and he did. Yeah, I suppose I suppose Lingard's the luxury player in a sense, isn't he, in terms of getting an extra man in midfield to make that extra press out wide. Uh, but Forrester, they, they go into play, aren't they? They're not going to... Everything's geared to playing this particular way, which is attacking. So I guess, I guess we have to ride the storm out a bit, don't we, and accept that, especially at home, we're going to be open and, and let teams have chances. Hopefully not every game, you know, they hit the bar twice, have a goal ruled out and they miss a penalty, but it's going to be entertaining, I think, isn't it? Certainly. West, I mean, West Ham game was a case in point, right? We could have taken the lead earlier on and equally they, they could have had uh, two or three goals. Um, are we going to talk about VAR at any point? Have you already covered that? Well, you can add it. We covered <laughs> it a bit. Why? Would you think it was wrong? No, just that I saw the best and the worst of it. And from being a casual fan of the Premier League over the, over the last few years, it, it's been much derided. Um, but I celebrated as hard as anyone when their goal was disallowed. But every time that symbol flashes up on the, the scoreboard in the ground, um, your heart sinks or you, you're already on the on the edge of your seat in anticipation of a positive outcome if it's affecting the opposition. But I, I hadn't appreciated until I was at the city ground at the weekend just how big an impact those periods of time, which is often a minute, 90 seconds, can have on the game. Now, look, we came out on both sides of it um, at the weekend. It disallowed their goal. It disallowed our goal. 
but it for me it really affected the rhythm of the rhythm of the match and yeah I haven't formed an opinion yet if I'm for, for and against it I suppose anecdotally that'll be down to how much Forest um, benefit from it or, or otherwise but it, it, it did change the experience for me inside the stadium one thing we haven't mentioned, I'm trying to catch this fly when I'm talking to you, I want to go in the, in the mug. One thing that I haven't asked you, um, people in the comments are saying about Brennan, is there a possibility he has to have some bench time now? I kind of hope not, because I think his ceiling's so big that the more he plays, the better he's going to get. But is there a bit of a worry there now for him? No, I'd start him. I think he's um, got limitless potential. And we forget the, the age he's out, the journey he's been on from dominating League One, dominating the Championship. You know, he's, he's coming towards the, the peak of the mountain now and he's, he's, he's finding the terrain really tough. But stick with him because what he's got is rare. He's rapid, but he's also composed. And the maturity and the simplicity of some of his finishing now is, is just incredible. I mean, look, he was, he was marginally offside, right? And it, he'll, he'll learn about how tight those margins are in the Premier League. But the finish for the disallowed goal, the deafness of that uh, chip over the, the advancing keeper was, was, was top end. I'm I'm keeping faith with Brennan. I still think his goal involvement, goals plus assists, will be greater than anybody else in this um, team this year. And uh, I'm right behind him. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd stick with him and give him at least 10 games. I think he'll get goals. Certainly against... Yeah, It's going to be tough to score against Man City and Spurs. Obviously, he will rule it out, but I think he'll come into his own once these first few games are out of the way. Let's talk about this game. Um Point a good result still, I think it is. But what do you think? Everton, are, you know, it's, every away game is tough, but Everton feel like one of those teams you might be able to target where they're at right now. Yeah, I agree completely, Matt. So we have we did see a massive difference between uh, application and the outcome against Newcastle away and West Ham at home, and there's a renewed confidence now. I think that we can we can handle ourselves on our own turf. So now it's about risk and reward on the road because we do need to pick up points there. And you do it in a slightly different way. You can't leave yourself quite so exposed. But I think this is one of the games where we'll set up to, to have a go. And not with reckless intent, but just appreciating that that's a, a team that, um, you know, despite a reasonable start to the season, they, they haven't quite fared as badly as everybody perhaps thought to this point. They, they could be there for the taking. And we should have more confidence going into this game than we would, against, uh, would have against Newcastle. So a draw is a good result. But... I think we're going to. I think we're going to push. I think we're going to set up to try and score goals um, and to, to to try and nick it. I don't think you'll see an ultra defensive performance against Everton at Goodison. No, I agree. I think you, uh, Everton still don't have a striker. They're still linked with Ben Brereton, actually, who I think would be a good signing. But it feels like now's the time to get at them. I might contradict myself a little bit. Do you think maybe just to start the game? it might be wise to play that third man in midfield because the Newcastle game and the West Ham game were so chalk and cheese that Guimaraes and Joe Linton dominated our midfield. I don't know. Everton aren't the same. They've got um, the new boy, is it Anana? I don't know what else they've got in midfield, but is that insurance policy maybe worth considering, do you think, or not? What, so stick Froiler in with Mangala and O'Brien and perhaps drop one of the strikers? Yeah. Have so I would, in the hole. Yeah, so are you hmm. dropping, I mean... I don't know who you leave out. Maybe Awani, maybe Lingard. Like I said, I still play Johnson. And then you have Freuler sitting a bit deeper and giving some extra protection. But do you need that against Everton, who don't look like they can hit a barn door? I know they scored one goal, but they don't look as much of a threat going forwards. 
Yeah, I think I think I perhaps would start like that because it's it's easier to make a, a change for attacking with attacking intent rather than reining it in again. So I think whipping a striker off um, for Freuler. Uh, as, as, as the game evolves is, is, is probably probably not the one. So it'll come down to how well he's trained, how well acclimatised he is, how much time he's, he's had to, to, to learn the patterns and gain a bit of an understanding. But he's a, he's a class act, isn't he? He's, mm. he's you know, the conductor, as he's been nicknamed, pulling the strings. So we're, we're going to want to get him in there, get him integrated, get him started as soon as we can. So, yeah, perhaps we should stick a three in there. I think that's that's probably the big debate that, that that Cooper's having tactically. Although I'll say this, we haven't seen him um, veer very far from his 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 formation um, during the period in which he's been successful at Forest. So, yeah, maybe if I'm playing football manager, it's what I would do. But having seen having seen Cooper over the last um, uh, ten months or so now, my suspicion is while he may tinker with the personnel. He'll he'll keep faith with the system. What's the best midfield in the long term? Do you think? Because O'Brien was so good, I'd love to see him stay in there. But Freuler and Mangala look like they've got that touch of class. What yeah, exactly. So uh, O'Brien's got to work hard. To say there hasn't he? He was he was he was top quality at the weekend. Um, but on past reputation and the level they've played at, Mangala and, and Freuler are the, are the are the class players. But I love that. You know, everybody's. Um, CV reputation has got them there, has earned them the wages, has, has commanded the fee. But ultimately, they're going to pick a team based on how well they play and how well they train. So if O'Brien can maintain that shirt, we haven't even mentioned Ryan Yates today, who's been no, training no. And, could, mm. and, and, and could be in contention very soon. Um, great for Forrest. You know, he's going to be, if, if he keeps out Mangala or Freuler on merit, then fair play to him. We'll all get behind him. But yeah, on, on, on paper, Froyler needs to be integrated into this side ASAP, and Lewis O'Brien could be a victim of that if he if he has a bit of a if his if his form suffers. But he was really excellent against against West Ham on the weekend. Yeah, and we didn't even mention Koyate, who is the defensive midfielder who's bought in for that scenario as well. Whether he could start, I don't know. And last, I don't one. think he starts, Matt. I don't think he starts. I think Koyate for me is we're shutting up shop with 15 minutes to go to protect this point or protect this lead. I think and I watched him quite a bit when I was uh, working at uh, London Stadium when he was when he was at West Ham. Um, watched a lot of Koyate and defensively minded, ball winner, excellent. But he's he's not going to spray a forty-five yard diagonal or, or or beat three or four players. He's extremely good at disrupting, anticipating, um, yeah, frustrating the opposition. But he's he's not a starter for me, and I don't think it's the plan to um, accommodate him as a starter in in too many situations this season. Yeah, I guess the the plan, the hope would be that, like we saw O'Brien against West Ham, very different kind of breaking up play. But he got about Declan Rice, and he read a lot of passes. And if we can have someone who can do that all the time, then you can have that extra quality on the ball. Last one, because a few people asking it in the comments, James Garner. Have to move on now, or because he's so young, he's got so much potential. But a couple of these players coming in are the wrong side of thirty. Can you shell out fifteen million quid on someone and not have them involved all the time? I don't see how you can because we, we've got five boys competing for for two places at the minute in in centre mid. So Mangala and O'Brien in possession, Yatesy, Froyler, Kuate are knocking on the door. Lingard and Gibbs White scrapping for the the number ten role. 
and Dennis competing with Albany and Johnson. So Ghana for me needs to be playing Premier League football. Really like him. I think he was he was a wizard for his last year, wasn't he? And um, I've spoken a lot about his quality from set pieces, but I just don't think we could keep him happy. And I think if we did keep him happy, we'd be frustrating one of these other players that we're, we're, we're frustrated about. So, yeah, I'm, I don't want to bag the individual because he, he's, he's top draw. And if he'd have been available at the start of the window, it would absolutely have been part of the plan to, to, to sign him. But for me, having landed Gibbs White, having landed Freuler and Mangala in particular, and with O'Brien looking like the player we, we hoped he was, I think the time is right to move on from James Garner. Me too. I mean, it feels like an odd move to go from Manchester United's bench to Nottingham Forest bench, really. It's even a conceivable case that it's easier for him to get a Man United's team in the longer term than it is Forest's team, which we never thought we'd be saying when, you know, five years ago when we were signing Liam Pridcutt and players like that. But McTominay and Fred, Donny van der Beek, I don't know if they get in Forest's team now. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it's yeah, I've, look, what, what conversations are Dean Anderson and Jesse Lingard having about Man United at the minute? I mean, they must be having a bit of a wry smile that a team that has cast them off as surplus to requirements is having uh, such a such a rough ride. Ronaldo wants out. You can see the frustration on the manager's face already. And the lad that we care about is is sat on the bench twiddling his thumbs, waiting for an opportunity that's that's not that's not coming. And there's no way Ten Hag's going to stake his reputation on 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 James Garner. And that's a mistake for me because what Man United have lost is what Forest have got at the minute. In Joe Worrell, Brennan Johnson, Ryan Yates. We're celebrating three boys that have come through the ranks, done really well, and are living with the level. Jimmy Garner's come up through the ranks. I think he can live live with the level. Gone out on loan, been really impressive, been really professional. He's come back and they won't use him. And while he sat there, the old Trafford's just on fire and everyone's trying to get out. So I think they've haplessly mismanaged Jimmy Garner. And while I don't think he'll come to Forest now, I really hope he gets the move that he, he deserves and, and goes on to achieve a lot in the game because, yeah, he's a he's a jet. Yeah, I mean, Forest have signed young players like like Nico Williams and people like that are going to get better. And Man United are signing, you know, Marco Arnautovic, trying to sign Jamie Vardy, the ghost of Dixie Dean. I don't know. It feels like our transfer policy is a little more in tune than theirs at the moment. I think we'll leave it there. Anything you want to add before we depart? No, nothing for me, Matt. Still loving life as a Forest fan. Looking forward to the weekend. And yeah, I will say one thing, actually, because I wasn't on earlier in the week. The noise at the city ground at the weekend was just unbelievable. And if, if it's going to be like that week in, week out, we've got more than a fair chance of, uh, of, of mixing it in this league. I just, just had you know, a really good day out. And yeah, I could tell that everybody in that place uh, left smiling, absolutely loved it. And that, that feel-good factor, I, I hope, continues for the rest of the season. Me too, as does everyone who's watched along. Very grateful to you all for joining us. Lots of comments, too many comments again to flash up on the screen, but appreciate them very much. It does make a difference. If you like this, do like and subscribe and uh, subscribe on YouTube. Give us a review on iTunes, all that stuff. From Monday, I'm supposed to read out some uh, sponsorship announcements, so they'll be filtered in. So we're selling our souls, but uh, it certainly helps the podcast grow. So thanks to everyone who watched along. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with, well, I'm not sure who, with Mikey and a guest to be confirmed, but it should be good as we review the Everton game and we shall see if Forrest have signed anyone else uh, by the time we next join you. But in the meantime, thanks very much and we shall see you soon. <laughs>